Vox Quick Hits. What you're about to hear is just a preview of a much longer and deeper conversation. And trust me, you're going to want to hear the rest of it. You can find the full episode at Vox Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Vox Conversations. Jason Stanley, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to talk to you again, Sean. So there's been a debate raging over the last four years about whether to call whatever the hell happened over the last four years fascism or not. You were way out in front on this saying, yes, yes, this is fascism. And a lot of people on the other side called you an alarmist. I'm guessing you're feeling pretty good about that position these days, given everything that has happened. Well, naturally, I'm not feeling pretty good. I'm I'm incredibly concerned about the future and where we're headed because I think we have a fascist social and political movement that is increasingly powerful, increasingly has elite adherents uh, like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. So that concerns me. But I'm completely unsurprised by Trump's post-election behavior, by the attempted coup and the other developments that one would have missed if one had not taken Trump seriously. We'll get into Trump, but I think it would be helpful at the top here to maybe step back a little bit and explain what you think fascism actually is and and how you think it actually works. In my experience, most people think of fascism in one of two ways. Either they think of it as a coherent ideology like communism or something like that, or they think of it as a type of government. You think of it a little bit differently. That's right. It's not helpful to think of it as a regime type in the first instance, uh, and it's not helpful to think of it as a set of coherent beliefs. Fascism is a cult of the leader who promises national restoration in the face of supposed humiliation by immigrants, minorities, and leftists. He says leftists pose a fundamental threat to the nation, and only allegiance to him and his party can deal with the problem. Fascism takes many different forms in different countries. The Ku Klux Klan in the United States has long been regarded, as Paxton called, the first functionally fascist organization. So I prefer to talk about fascist forces uh, following Toni Morrison in a speech she gave at Howard University called Racism and Fascism in 1995. And what she says is that the United States has often preferred fascist solutions to its political problems. Now, what does she mean by that? Well, in that speech, what she's discussing is the massive incarceration system, criminal justice, that the United States had developed post-Nixon, essentially uh, after the civil rights movement, to disenfranchise black citizens. You could also add to that media organs that serve as propaganda functions, that lie on behalf of of a would-be leader of a fascist social and political movement. So you can have a a regime that's a democracy and an economic system that's capitalist, but if you have massive racial injustice and massive inequality, then you're going to have fascist forces, fascist social and political forces. You're going to need every city has a militarized police force to deal with potential uprisings 
from its impoverished minority neighborhoods that protect its fancy neighborhoods. And then we have a longstanding history, of course, of white supremacy that's baked into our institutions, that's sort of reinforced by inequalities. And then we have failure of elites. So failure of elites, like in the Iraq war and the financial crisis, uh, will lead to fascist propaganda and demagoguery being effective. So we need to think about fascist forces, fascist social and political movements, and fascist tactics, uh, and then background conditions that make all of these effective. And that's when you have to worry about a fascist leader emerging who has a kind of relationship with his followers where he can tell them, you know, the minorities are rising up against you, the immigrants are flooding the gates, the elites have failed you, and he can create this bond between him and his supporters. That's when you have to worry about a potential fascist regime down the line. So fascists are speaking to this disgruntled population, this alienated population. What specifically are the fascist solutions that are being offered in response to those problems? And why is it appealing to that population? So it's it's crucial. I mean, there are many disgruntled and rightly disgruntled populations in, say, the United States right now. Black populations have every reason to be disgruntled by the failures of Democratic and Republican administrations, both in the local and national level. But they're not embracing fascism because fascism is a movement for the dominant group, for the dominant majority, the dominant ethnic group. So it's not just disgruntled people. It's the disgruntled majority who can be made to feel as if a focus on minorities threatens them and threatens their cultural standing and their economic viability. So what the fascist leader promises is to put down these minority insurrections, to seal the gates for immigrants. So the British fascist uh, Mosley in Britain, Oswald Mosley, uh, his motto is Britain for the British. So uh, fascist movements often focus on immigrants. Uh, in, In India right now, what we're seeing is the focus on religious minorities. In Israel, the focus on Palestinians. So you you claim that this minority group is of great threat to you, and you're going to deal with them. And then you claim that leftists and socialists, that behind the center left are really the communists. And behind the center left, like Goebbels has this amazing speech, uh, well, amazing, he has this speech, communism with its mask off. And in that speech, he says, he, he says, you know, the Bolsheviks are coming. You know, the center left, they're really the Bolsheviks. Uh, He says elsewhere that if you can make the ordinary citizen think that the Bolsheviks are right around the corner about to steal their house, then they will rush into our arms. So you tell the religious conservatives, you know, the communists are out and leftists are out to destroy your traditions. Nowadays, all across the world, you use transgender rights as a sort of fear-mongering thing. You say they're trying to turn your boys into girls. The gay agenda, as we see in Poland and Hungary and Russia with the fascist movements there, the gay agenda is threatening your traditions. So you raise this terrifying fear 